Welcome to Talk Music with Will Dorsey Jr. Every week, our host Will is going to interview musicians from around the world and talk everything music. Our listeners range from professionals to recreational musicians who want to learn more about the industry, their instruments, and the community of top musicians. So join us, subscribe, and keep up with Talk Music. And now, live from his studio upon the mountaintops of Southern California, here's Ill Will himself, Will Dorsey Jr. Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, E-Record Studio. The new way musicians rehearse, record, and share their E-Record sessions on social media. Visit ERS on erecordstudio.com. Download this amazing app on Google and Apple Apps stores. Well, folks, I got the legendary uh, Day Teeth uh, with us. So he was the singer of my band, uh, Laughing Colors, and um, we just need to uh, have more shows with 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 my with, with my dude. But uh, I want to introduce to Day Teeth, everybody. All right, man. Mr. Dateev, how you doing, man? What's up, Big Daddy? I'm oh, doing not, good, man. Not too much, man. I'm trying to uh, figure all this this out, you know, um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, try to to get this interview started, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, thank you so much for even taking the time to do this for me, man. I I, re- I really appreciate this. It's the least I can do. I'm honored yeah. that you guys do it, and uh, <laughs> yeah, man, it's great. It's always good to catch up with you, anyway. But right. now, do it via Zoom and like uh, knock a couple birds out with one stone. That's awesome. Yeah, no, this is great. Um, well, I mean, what what have you been up to, man? So, um, when's the last time I saw you? At the wrecker was that? It was. You... Okay, yeah. so so <laughs> for your listeners, so Will Will flew back to uh, his home state of Maryland in uh, uh, April. It was yeah. So mm-hmm. we La- laughing colors did one of our uh, annual shows it was an awesome show um, yeah it was huge crowd and a uh, huge very enthusiastic crowd oh and um just to, to add on to that so we got a soundboard tape and a video and um that's being mixed down right now by keith the, oh, the house man. so um i'll make sure that you get the full listen to that and then we'll, we're gonna obviously have offer that on the laughing colors web website when it's done so that's pretty yeah. exciting Dude, that's 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 awesome, man. Uh, and that's what I was yeah. gonna ask you, man. It's like, did you want to promote something? Did you want to, you know? But that's that sounds like you're you're plugging it, man. You know? <laughs> that that's it, man. LaughingColors.com. It's like we don't play that often anymore, but we're still no. doing stuff, you know. And uh, we can still write songs. And um, you know, there's mm-hmm. the new original Antisocial on there that we uh that we worked on and that you like um just destroyed and like oh, with, after after hearing it like twice so uh. <laughs> um, yeah you know, people are t- people are talking about that song so we need to get a studio no, version of that song i cannot wait to go in the studio and go do that and yeah it's just 
it's just it's been a, a long time coming that you know that's that's something that we we need to do you know and uh people need to get their hands on that song you know yeah so. yeah it's solid man it was it's it was fun to blow off the uh cobwebs and write some 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 new music for once i mean i love playing all the the old favorites but it's nice to to write to write some new stuff that's uh that still sounds like laughing colors you know yeah yeah definitely definitely man uh i just wanted to you know to get you know people to know you more um and especially our our fans the laughing color fans um if they you know like there's been questions for years i've been wanting to ask you know, like your, or what your lyrics mean in an D song. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to pick your brain. Lay on, it all on, you know, so uh, let's start with this. Um, uh, what what keeps you up at night? You know, like just <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this to, this to start it off. Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. I, you know, man, I think that anybody who, who has like that artist soul you realize that you always want to create something. Mm-hmm. And I always thought when I was younger, yeah, I'll reach a certain age and then I'll just be good. You know what right. I mean? Like, it'll just be what and it doesn't work that way. Like you're mm-hmm. never, I'm never satisfied. So I don't know if I toss and turn at night, but the drive is still always there to create something. Yeah. And, you know, like this past summer, I went and saw Paul McCartney and I went oh. and saw Roger Waters and I, and, and guys are all like, right. Paul McCartney's 80 years old. He doesn't need the money. Right. He doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, what is it? It's not like he's got to promote himself. Everybody knows who he is, but he's 80 years old and he's still doing it. And it reminds me, I'm you know, 30 years younger than him. Yeah. And I, and I want to do it. So why would I think that I'm beyond wanting to create when I watch these guys who mm-hmm. have done everything they could possibly do and still want to be it? Because you just, it's like, man, fish got to swim and birds got to fly. You know what yeah. I mean? This, yeah. this is how it is, you know? So I think all musicians are like that at their core. They're, we're not totally comfortable unless we're creating something, you man, know? Don't you know it, man? That's, yeah. you, you you have to, you have to have that, keep on with that drive, especially being a musician anyway. Um, I, I do the same thing, but um, yeah, man. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you on that. Totally agree yeah. with you on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you're well, a shining, you're a shining example of that because you know when the band when Laughing Colors stopped doing what we were doing, mm-hmm. you know I'll be honest, I was I was burned out, and I you know I, I was honest with you guys about that. I was just burned out of the tour and wanted to settle down, and you you were just like I just got to keep going and look yeah. at all the good things that have happened to you since you kept going. You know, it's, so it's it's weird. We'll we'll, we'll get into in, into that. Um, you know, like uh, I want to get into diving into that more um, okay. in, in a little bit, but uh, I want to go go back in your history okay. um, about like your musical uh, influences. What what made you want to do this in the first place? To 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 even you know like just be the front man of okay. a band. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, you know, I feel like I grew up. And and we grew up in the like the golden age of the rock star, you know what I mean? Like like coming up in the seventies, where it was like Zeppelin and Van Halen and and just like the big the mm. four P the four Kiss, you yeah. Know what I mean? 
yeah the four-piece four rock band with the guitar <laughs> and the singer and growing up it's just like that's what i saw and you know i might have wanted to be center field for the orioles but that that, that wasn't gonna work out so mm. so so it was like you know when i saw that in the 70s black sabbath i mean the list goes on and on so but specifically i was nine years old and mm. i heard ac mm. and and um, I know like Brian Johnson was the back in black Hell's Bells guy back then. But I started listening to Bon Scott, the original singer who did like Highway to Hell and Dirty Deeds, Dunder Cheap and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, what I didn't realize is he had just recently died. Um, he, he, he did the, you know, the rock star thing. He drank too much and asphyxiated in the back of a car. Mm -hmm. Um but I saw him, he had like no shirt, tattoos, jeans, <laughs> wanted to party, wanted to win, wanted to drugs, wanted this. And I was just like, that is, now my, that might be a little warped for a nine-year-old to want all that kind of stuff. But but, uh, but, but still. But it just planted, it planted the seed, man. And then again, just like you said, there's Kiss, Van Halen, Aerosmith, Led mm -hmm. Zeppelin, Black Sabbath. And just, mm. it, they. this is the golden age of the rock band and the rock star. And that's all I ever wanted to be. So right. I was just, you know, I gotta, I gotta figure out how to do this somehow because I don't really have a whole lot of other skills. Oh <laughs> man! So, so did you have to go through like, uh, like voice training or anything? Like, I mean, did uh, you do any of that or? You know, man, not at all. And like, I, I, I was not like some kind of like child prodigy. And, and to this day, it's not like I have like, uh, you know, I can't sing like Freddie Mercury or, 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 or um, you know, uh, Robert Plant or Steven Tyler or anything like that. But mm. I wanted to do it so bad. I just wanted and I did, wasn't born with a lot of natural ability, but I wanted to do it so bad that I just started singing. And if I had any talent at all is that I could remember words and lyrics really well as a kid and 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 then repeat them and sing along with them mm -hmm. um you know i think some some of my relatives noticed that from a, a fairly early age but not like wow that kid can really belt <laughs> um, and in fact like like even you know when i first got together with dan and Corey from from uh laughing colors in high school you know I, it wasn't like I had this amazing singing voice or anything like that. I was probably just like the best option locally. To, oh man, <laughs> come on. <laughs> to, not, to not suck or whatever. And uh, I was just thrilled that those guys would even let me be in the same band with them. You right. know, they were, they were accomplished musicians in high school, mm. you know? So, um, and you in your own right, you know, having studied and, 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 and done it the right way. And I just, I just wanted to be the lead singer of a rock band. Man, let me ask you this: like, like for me, you know, like, was there like, I mean, what was your like your first show? Was it was it Laughing Colors first? Uh, no. Okay, so I played in um like a garage band in high school called The Other Side. Um, Doug Segree was in the band. Uh, oh you know, wow. Doug yeah yeah yeah, yeah so, so doug was a guitar player um and, and uh brian toronto on drums and mike caterino on bass and we just you know we just we did like some crack the sky songs and some uh what other what a um i'm trying to think what else we played maybe some we did some david bowie and some other stuff like that mm -hmm. um not 
too heavy, which was my bag. I like the, you know, I was into my <laughs> and Slayer and all this. Stuff. Yeah. But we, uh. we, we, were, we did it more like a party band kind of thing. Um, but then, you know, that was when I was 18 or 19. And then 2021 was Laughing Colors, who was wow. first called, who was first called No Such Thing. Right. Um, as you remember, right. um, yep. but this before, before you joined the band, but that was brief. That was like right. six months and we just became Laughing Colors. Wow. Man. Um, so during that, uh, when you were singing with that other band, what made you pick up guitar? Um, you know, I, I um, interestingly enough, so my, my, my summer between my junior year and my senior year in high school, um, I used to be really overweight. Um, and when I tell people that they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, well, I lost weight, but I used to be really overweight. Mm -hmm. I went to live with my, my uncle in Hawaii for the summer between my junior year and senior year. And he had a little ovation acoustic guitar. And during that summer, I lost 50 pounds, like working for him and being out in the Hawaiian sun and eating fresh wow. fruits and vegetables. And at the same, my hair started growing out when I had hair. <laughs> right. and, and, and so, and I started to pick up the guitar and just mess around with it. And I had a few mm. ideas for songs and stuff like that, learning some chords and whatever. And that's when I, that's when I picked up the guitar. Cause I knew that if I wanted to write songs, I needed to learn an instrument somehow to go along with it. You know what right. I mean? Right. Just to tell other people what the chords were and then have the melody structure and things like that. So even at, at that age, when I didn't really know much musically, I knew I needed to add some kind of music to it, you know? Mm -hmm. Wow, man. That's, that's awesome. You know, yeah. like you, you, how you started out like with guitar like that. Um, but even getting with like with, with Corey and Dan, was that intimidating a little bit or was, how, how was it? And, and, and Joe, you know, yeah. uh, Joe, you know, like, yes. How, how was that? So, so it, it, it was intimidating to an extent, but I've had a lifelong philosophy that if you surround yourself with people who are better than you, you will become better. Mm. And I know that playing with you and Dan and Corey, who are all extremely brilliant and proficient at their instruments, I knew that just being in the same band with you, mm. I would become better. And so I would mm. much rather play with people who are up here and try to rise to their occasion than be the best, the most talented musically person, musical person in the band. Um, mm. I knew I could grow, I could learn, and like, you know. 95% of what I've learned about playing music, I learned from you guys just, just doing it. Just, oh, wow. I mean, you know, just, we, we flung ourselves in at an early age in our early twenties. Yeah. And everything I've learned, you know, has come from you guys in one way, shape or form, or just getting out there on stage and doing it, you know? Wow. Man, that's awesome, man. That's, that's crazy that you, you're learning from, you were learning from us, you know, and I was what the youngest kid in, in 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 the band yeah i didn't i didn't i didn't know you know but um was it i mean i should i should ask you know like what what was your like influence then like during that time even with joe yeah um uh, uh, being in in the band where do you want to go you know 
just at that age, it was it was like a, a, a cross between something something was just happy to be playing in a, in a at a party at a keg party just mm-hmm. playing music. So I was happy with this, and also at the same time, I'm like I want to be the next Led Zeppelin. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I like I want to fill stadiums. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it, it was like I'm cool with this, and this is fun, but I wanna I want to be a, a rock star. Um, and but we didn't have really an identity at that time. Um, we just didn't. We we're just kind of winging it, and we just didn't know. And and I'm not I'm not pandering or blowing smoke. But we the, the bottom line is that Laughing Colors did not become Laughing Colors until you joined the band, mm. and that that gave us our our sound. It completed it completed. It was like this is what we're supposed to sound like, man. It's supposed to have that kick and beat and that bass and that you know that funk and that 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 groove but also be hard rock high energy music is it's like that's what i love you know what mm. i mean that's man. what gets you know feelings so. mutual man yeah, yeah you know right. um especially um and, and one of my friends you know when you guys were coming up uh especially at uh la uh, gators um had me come check you out you guys out and this is even before, you know, I even even decided even joining the band. You know, uh, we'll we'll talk about that too in a minute. Whoop. Um, and uh, it was inspiring, like how you were as a front person, how you kept the, the people going and the party checks. And <laughs> there was, I mean, like people were, I mean. Even when I was in the band and, and still doing party check, people were still digging it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so uh, it was very inspiring. Like, I was like, man, I was like, man, I wish I could get into a band like this, you know, but um, it was it wasn't my time yet. You know, um, right. I remember seeing you at that show. I remember are you serious? Seeing, yeah, you had pretty long braids back then. And I, I remember seeing you now. Let's just be honest. AL Gators, there wasn't a ton of African American people hanging out. So you did kind of stick out a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. But, you, but you know what? I, what I truly noticed was you you were you were watching us. You were yeah. checking were checking us out. Like you were you could tell you're into it, but I was like, that dude's like checking us out. And then I can't remember uh how we first connected but somebody told me like dude you should see that guy play drums and i was like oh really and i was like cool because because at the time we weren't super happy with our current drummer and right. you know very kind of neil pert kind of want to be rip off i don't want to be mean but that's kind of how it was yeah you know yeah. i wanted a little more groove a little more funk a little more ass to it right and uh, and, and uh, I was like, okay, well, let me, I want to, and, and then, you know, I had a couple of people at that point tell me what a great drummer you are. Oh, um, man. And then, of course, we can get into the fact where I virtually annoyed the shit out of you until you, <laughs> <laughs> you had no other choice but to join. You know what? I remember we're at Gingerbread Man um, that there was a spot that I, I could join. And you kept on asking, asking. So, what, what do you think? You know, like, 
to see even uh like even the jam. Do you remember the the first like kind of rehearsal that we did as the four of us? Do you oh, remember yeah. that? You oh, do? Yeah. Can you, yeah, can you okay. tell the people what was going on? Yeah, because when you left, I, I looked at Dan and Corey. And I was like, that's our drummer. And they were like, they're like, all right, well, he's got other stuff going on. You might not want to buy. I was like, nah, fuck that. He's that's our drummer. I was like, <laughs> I, like, they're like, don't annoy him, man. And I'm like, I I'm going to annoy him because <laughs> he's going to have he's going to have to be like, no, dude, get the hell out of here. I'm not joining your band. And I was like, you just a little bit of daylight. So that my um, annoyingly persistent personality could be like, "Come on, bro, let's do this." Right. Do this. So, no. I'm, I'm glad I'm, you did that. Yeah, me too. Me you too. <laughs> like, like you know, so my my, my annoyingly persistent uh, personality does pay off every once in a while. Dude, that's 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 still great, man. You know, um, <laughs> do you remember any of the songs that we're doing? This is was in Corey's mom's house. I, absolutely right? the basement yep right absolutely um, i remember i absolutely remember with your white kit and yeah. uh yeah absolutely man wow. I, I mean i i can remember you know i'm facing you i can remember you know what i mean Corey's to my left dance to yeah. my right yeah. right at you it's absolute that's 20 oh my god dude 28 years ago or something like yeah. that i can, can you believe I can, that I'm, it's it's nuts. It's, <laughs> I, I remember it like yesterday because I was like, "That's the drum." Because we had tried out a couple good drummers. Oh wow! They're like kind of like, eh, man, no, you know, they're like, maybe. And then you, I was like, "Dude, that's the dude done." Like, mm. let me. If you guys don't want to annoy him, that's cool. I'll annoy him. <laughs> right. <laughs> but like I said, I'm, I'm glad that you did. Um. Do you remember us even messing around with what our famous radio song, Solution? Wait, was it, did we do that the first rehearsal? No, no, okay. we didn't. No, that was that was much later. That was yeah. a little bit later. Um, yeah, I remember messing around. Uh, I think we were going through your your guys' first album. Uh, so yeah. what's so funny? Yeah, um, like. Child and I and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, I remember going through that stuff. Um, but how'd you feel when I was playing that stuff with you guys on that stuff? And is it a different drummer being on those songs? I, I'm gonna be honest. I, I was like, now it sounds like it's supposed to sound. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, man. Like that's that's the whole. You know, like, like I, like I like things with it. Something's it's got to have a bit of a groove. It's got to have the pocket. You know, like, like my favorite drummer outside of Will Dorsey is 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 John Bonham, mm. and, and 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 it's just because he, he's just so in the pocket and so powerful and just like I mean, like again, you know, we could argue for days who the best drummer of all time is, yeah. but the. The best drummer to my ears as a fan is is John Bonham, and I'm like, I'm like, this is our John Bonham, man. This is like what we would, you know. And of course, Laughing Color is very different from Led Zeppelin, so yeah. we don't we don't compare those two. But it was like, this is the drummer that sounds the way I want it to sound, and I didn't even know I wanted it to sound like that because I'd never heard you play. And then when I heard you play, I'm like, that's it, like that's. Mm. And I think wasn't just me the rest of the band was like that too they were like 
yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like Corey and Dan were just like, that's the kind of guy that's just going to hold it down, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and some, you know what I mean? Wow. That's, yeah. that's awesome that, uh, that you're saying that and that you're comparing me to John Bottom. Uh, <laughs> you're my, thank you. John Bonham. <laughs> um, can I tell you really, really quick, uh, how I felt, you know, like when I started coming first to those shows, um, and it was me and my brother and of course a bunch of our friends or whatever, but that's the one thing I said, I say, this band needs a, a pick me up. Yeah. Um, and I was all about like, it has to be exciting and it has to be, let's push. And, and I was like, man, this is what this band needs. It's a like, great band. I say, but they need this. And I think, you know, the other reason why I was involved with this because you guys had another drummer that was my teacher, uh, Mr. Greg Phillips. Right. Um, so, uh, and I was subbing for him and coming into the band. Um, I don't think, I just want people to notice. Oh, go ahead. I was just, and not to interrupt you, that's right, because Greg was was subbing while we were trying to find a drummer. He knew it wasn't permanent. We knew he wasn't permanent. He brought you up. Yes. So that's, that. he was the person that was in our ear, like, you got to check this dude out. And yeah, and God bless him. Um, right. You know, he, he he made the right call. He he taught you well. Um, and, and not only that, like, but you. <sighs> You, you guys have very different playing styles. Oh, yeah. Um, but the fact that he taught you and yet you took whatever he you learned from him. Um, I mean, the dude is a human metronome. Oh, no you know doubt. I mean? Yeah, you so, know. <laughs> oh, man. Um, if people it's, don't know, he was the drummer for uh, Starpoint, uh, yeah. Annapolis band. Um, uh, like one of our heroes, you know, that was in, you know, from Maryland. It's, it's a whole bunch of, of heroes in Maryland, uh, but we'll we'll talk about that another time. But um, but yeah, I, I just I learned from him, and then you know I, I eventually started being with you guys. You know, so I forgot. I got to I got to give credit where credit is due because definitely uh, I I had honestly forgot about that. That Greg was the loudest voice um talking about having you he's like he would be perfect for you guys and mm. I, and so like yeah i just i took that bone and kept chewing on it <laughs> man that's awesome um yeah. that's wow i can't believe that yeah man um, <laughs> so outside of me and ari ari know um what was the inspiration for everybody that if you can speak for the band what was the inspiration for Laughing Colors? Um, now, are you talking about the name Laughing Colors, or you, okay, gotcha? So you're Not talking yet. about just the 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 vision of Laughing Colors, kind of. Yes. Yeah. You know what, man? I think that for most of those years, for all of us, it was like the sky's the limit, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I feel pretty safe in saying that. Um, you know we just we and for a while we just kept moving up and moving up and moving up and getting more known and more you know radio play and more you know bigger shows and stuff like that um and i yeah wanted to be led zeppelin pearl jam 
whatever, you know what I mean? As, as big as those bands. Um, mm. As I look back, I realize how fortunate we were, even if we didn't make it to mega stardom or whatever, but to play for that many years mm-hmm. consistently in front of people who still come out. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty cool. And I got to be honest with you, you know, so many of my heroes from that time, Will, are dead. Um, mm. Chris Cornell, Lane yeah. Stanton, Scott Weiland. Um, and I, you know, having my own, uh, you know, alcohol and drug issues at the time, I sometimes look back and I'm like, if we'd have made it huge, would I still even be here? Like, I don't yeah. know. I legit don't know that. You know what I mean? Um, and I think because for me, um, just having that be part of my persona, the 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 partying rock star who takes things to the extreme, yeah. you know, it was pretty obvious that I was going to have to sober up and straighten up or wind up just like them, only not having done what they've done. But it's it's sad to me that we can't go see Chris Cornell or mm-hmm. Tom, Tom Petty or Prince or all, all these just guys <laughs> that are gone because of drugs and alcohol. Yeah. And you know, and so sometimes, you know, there are times when I'm like, I wish we would have made it to here. But, yeah. you know, if we here, we would have wanted to made it to here. If we made exactly. it here, the fact that I'm I'm still alive and and and, you know, and sober and, and doing well and healthy and raising my sons. I can't uh, again, like Taylor Hawkins. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, my gosh, man. I mean, the list is just endless. And yeah. I can't, I can't honestly say if, if, if I would have, if we would have hit superstardom that I would have made it, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I don't know what there's, I don't have any special powers that those guys didn't have and they just had a lot more talent than I did. So I probably would have self-destructed. Man. I'm just being, you know, right. You know? But man, I, 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 I think about that. Some of that stuff too. Uh, it, it's just, it's just crazy to me, you know, like how, you know, the band got slowly get started getting bigger and, and we were with Chris Keith, you know, trying to, uh, you know, get to a larger platform and going that way. Yep. I mean, for you, um, and I wasn't even thinking about, you know, like, like being, you know, like, like you were going through um if 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 the band made it like that um self-destructing and and going that way um but for you how did it feel you know like when you first started hearing our song on the radio it was it's amazing it's a dream come true i mean and i and i remember like pinching myself at the time i remember you know what I remember, man, that really sticks out to me is, and I think this was 1115 um, when mm. we recorded the live album at Hammerjacks. Yeah. And, you know, Hammerjacks, of course, for anybody who doesn't know that might be listening, is a legendary concert hall in, 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 in uh, Baltimore that's no longer there. Mm-hmm. But I remember being in the green room, which, if you remember, was like up a bunch of stairs and kind of like in the catacombs of, of 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 uh of hammerjacks yeah huge crowd outside and sarah fleischer was bringing us on oh you know the, 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 the legendary dj from 98 yes. rock 
Yes. And she was bringing us on and we're back in, you know, way back in the green room. And, and our song had just been on the radio and people were out there going nuts and going LC, LC. And I was like, I remember being in the green room and hearing the crowd chanting our name. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, I, I mean, you know, how does it get any better than this? I mean, it'd be great if it's 10,000, 50,000 people. But even if it was whatever that was, 1,500, 2,000, however many people it was. Yeah. It was amazing. It was like, that's all I ever wanted to do. And then yeah. to walk down those. One of my favorite things to this day is just to walk from the green room on to stage. <laughs> I love that, man. It's still it still gets me. It's like coming out of the tunnel on yeah. Sunday of a football game. You know what I yeah. mean? I yeah. love that feeling. Man. And so, like, I just remember walking down the steps with the four of us. Like, here yeah. we go. You yeah. got your sticks in your hand. And right. You know what I mean? And we all hop on stage together. And then the crowd sees us and goes nuts and stuff like that. That shit never gets old, man. Nope. And just just thinking about it gives me goosebumps now. Oh, you know I have I mean? goosebumps now, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I was just about to say that. But, yeah, that's that was a exciting, you know, like, even back then, it, I don't know for you. I was nervous as hell. I don't know <laughs> if if you were nervous that on that doing that eleven fifteen. I don't know if you were nervous, but I don't remember ever playing for that size of crowd before. Yeah, that was probably like our biggest kind of concert style crowd up until that point that we had played for. You know, everybody's there to see us. Yeah. Um, you know, people, and then, of course they had the upper deck there and stuff where, you know, there's people in the upper deck and it was, it was amazing. Um, and, and I'm so glad we recorded that for posterity, not to mention the fact that, 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 uh, uh, Hammerjacks is no longer there, but yeah. man, that's the kind of stuff that like, I will tell my grandkids about, you know what I mean? Um, that's... And, and I've told, I've told my sons about and stuff like that, that it's just like, you can't, you can't listen you can pay to go skydiving. You can pay to go uh, parasailing or skiing or have any kind of rush that you want. You can't buy that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a, it, it's it's a rush. It's an expe- It's a human experience that you can't pay for. You know what I mean? And so to be able to experience that even once in your life, mm-hmm. to walk onto a stage with crowd with the screaming people who've are singing the words to songs that four of you wrote in a basement somewhere. Mm, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like that's just the, the, the duality of that. And, and the, 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 just like, wow, man, I thought this lyric up, um, you know, when I was driving down the road by myself and here are thousands of people singing along to it. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's powerful. How's that, at that feel to you, man? I mean, like that people are singing your lyrics that you came up with you know like how's that how's that feel more for it's, you it's awesome i'll never forget now that wasn't the first time i'll never forget the first time i think it was at al gators and we put out this a cd mm-hmm. um and i'm i, I don't it might have even been depth because right. then you know people all had cd players back then and bought the cd right so they so we had a cd release party right yeah like I a month a, a month or two after that 
I noticed everybody was singing the words to the song from the CD that we just released. And I could hear it after each song. And I was like, oh, my God, they know the words. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and just when you're, you know, when you're in 23, 24 and and you're, you know, you're you're just getting your, your, uh, you know, your your feet wet. And that's that's an amazing experience. The whole Mm. thing is just amazing. I'll, I'll never take that for granted now you know um today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor e-record studio the new way musicians rehearse record and share their e-record sessions on social media visit ers on erecordstudio.com download this amazing app on google and apple apps store can, can we get in more about uh the reason why you came up with the lyrics for solution sure yeah, yeah. um so, oh, i'm sorry let me <laughs> no, you're good man things. all right so <laughs> um you know i've always sort of had this um probably uh overly optimistic ideal that things could change, you know, especially here in America, that we could actually keep following, you know, the steps we were taking in terms of, um, you know, human rights and, and race relations and, 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 and what we do with our daily lives. Like, like, like I, I always thought that America could kind of lead the way and, and, um, it's the only culture I've ever known. So that's, so, so the solution is, is just about sort of like an ideal of like, you know, I don't know what to do, but I feel like we need a revolution here. You know, there was, there was one in the sixties and, mm-hmm. and a lot of, a lot of good stuff happened in that time. Um, but a lot of it got forgotten and swept under the rug. You know, there was a lot of, yeah. there was a lot of peace and love and there was women's rights and uh, civil rights took a big leap. Um, during that time um and we've you know we've never been a political band so i've never i'm I'm more like poetically alluded to things as opposed to making them very you know specifically political but at the same time i felt like it was time for another revolution um i hate to be pessimistic but i feel like we've taken a couple steps backwards in the in in recent (laughs) years but that's you know that's that's the whole thing but i still kind of hold on to the ideal that that you know, we could hit another paradigm shift in our culture where we finally get our shit together. And I, I, I'm going to probably hold on to that until I die. Um, and it may never come true, but hey, it's worth it's worth it's worth dreaming about anyway. Right. You know, um, let me ask you this. Um, <laughs> do you remember us going to 98 Rock our mm-hmm. local radio uh, rock station there in Baltimore? Do you remember uh us for talking about which song is going to be you know like which song we're going to actually promote on on the radio do you remember that uh that day i do and and you can correct me if i'm wrong or fill in a blank or something like that but i believe russ motla the pro the program director at 98 rock at the time was the one who heard solution and ben said that's the song right and say, and it's funny because when you're in the band, you don't really know, like you think you know, yeah. but you kind of, you kind of are too close to it. 
yeah. you know, and, and, yeah. and you're, you're like, that's our song, you know, and sometimes, you know, sometimes, you don't. but I, yeah, I mean, I could have gone back and forth, but he, it, it really fit like what the station was doing at the time as well, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? The heavy rock, the, the, the groove, you know, and that, that was, that was, that was, I don't feel like we really sounded exactly like anybody or any shock. We weren't grunge. Nope. Um, you know, we weren't funk like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. We weren't, you know, acoustic like Oasis or, or you know, the Gin Blossoms or anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we were just, just kind of like our own little thing. Um, but he he nailed it. I'm glad he picked that song. I, you know, honestly, sorry to interrupt you. Uh, I honestly thought that you picked that out because we were all four talking about it. And I, I know I said Brother's Hand. Okay. And I was thinking about it. It's like, nah, that's not a good radio song, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was I, it was funny, funny to me. But you like you like specifically said, you know, say, no, man, I think it it needs to be solution. And then I I think somebody else said like Clear Blue or, you know, that's a good song too, you know. But you picked the the, the I thought you picked that song. I may have, I do remember, and I don't, I, I don't remember, I do remember that, that Russ Motla did like the, and maybe we decided to play, do we pl- decide to play that song in studio yeah. or something? Like that? Is that yeah. what it was? And it then was. he was like, that's a good song. Yeah. Yeah. And then people are recalling in and requesting it and stuff like that. And that's, it's kind of funny, man, because I, I'd seen stuff like that in movies, like, you know, this band, they get their tape to the radio station and then. <laughs> DJ, they finally convinced the DJ to, to start playing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, yeah. The, the phone lines are lighting up. We'd like right. to hear it. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's kind of what happened, right? Oh, man. It, oh. We didn't have a record deal. We didn't have anybody promoting us. We didn't. Nope. We're just a local band. And the program director just said, do it, man. Let's, 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 let's back this band. And that's awesome. That's a break that not many bands get you know what no. i mean and it it definitely changed things for us right afterwards people started showing up to our shows that they didn't know we were local they didn't nope. know like you know what i mean they, they were like i go on the radio i don't you know as, as uh um like like mitch allen said you know mitch allen our, our producer and friend yeah. who the sr71 he was like he's like dude my sister doesn't know the difference <laughs> 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 You remember him saying that? No? I can hear him saying that, though, man. You know, hears <laughs> you on the radio. She doesn't know. You know, she doesn't know if you're from around. She hears you on the radio. She doesn't right. know. You know wow. Or she. Wow. <laughs> um, moving forward, um, out of all the LC songs that that we have done, can you like, if you could only pick two? <laughs> two songs what would you pick uh sam house would be one of them Mm. and and the reason sam house would be one of them is because it's always been my favorite to play live yeah i i feel like it just reaches that crescendo where i mean we are a live band we are so much more a live band than we are a studio band i feel um, like, I don't, I don't, I can't tell you how many people have come up to me and went, oh, I heard your CD and I liked it. But man, when I saw the show, like, like that's who we are. Like that's, yeah. that was who we are. Like you had to come see the show to fully 
get and not just us but their crowd you know this yeah. the, the the energy the the singing the the little the little accents that they know how to do and 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 and, and yell back at us and all that kind of stuff and the the camaraderie that, that, that that's that's still at our shows yeah yeah that's something is just it's always been i mean there's a reason why i put it on the song list last so many times because really? <laughs> like what's gonna top that you know what i mean and it's just like i love playing you know as far as another song uh, either uh, it's hard to pick just one more maybe big one small one um Ooh maybe roll into the light i don't know i don't know i'd have to just go oh. go ahead what do you tell me i was going about to say about big one small one okay why did you write that song because i think i know the answer because yeah. i was there you yes. know and yes have we ever explained that that song have we ever told people about what that song really meant when yeah and in fact like i think i remember the first time we i believe it's the, the first time we played it had to either be like this first or second time we ever played it and it was at the record theater mm -hmm. and you know the song itself is about big one small one it's like being in the shadow of a, an authority figure um and and having to figure out your 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 way out of that and of course you know it was inspired by our drive home from um yeah from virginia when it was yeah. me you were driving right yes i was driving yeah. okay so my memory serves me correctly you were driving my car yep okay and for the listeners out there so you have at the time you have a black guy with dreads driving you mm -hmm. got long-haired guitarist in the passenger seat i yep. believe yep and, I, and and you have a bald dude with earrings in the back seat and yep. we're driving home at 3.30 in the morning. So yep. we are top magnet, right? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, I mean, uh, let's just be honest. So we get pulled over, um, you know, and the cop didn't want to hear anything and said, like, like I guess, got your license, yep. um, went back to the car, went back, started going back towards his car and said, and said, hey. What are you doing? What are you hiding? And no one had even moved a muscle. And I, to this day, think he did that for the dash cam. Yeah. And then he goes back and he gets all of us out of the car, searches the car up and down. We're all sober. There's no drugs. There's no booze. There's no nothing in the car. There was no reason to pull us over. Um, you know, Another thing is, and I got, I'm going to be brutally honest is when you first joined the band, I remember when we all drove separately mm. from each other and two nights in a row, when you first joined the band, we had a caravan of cars yep. and two in a row, the cops, not knowing we were a caravan, the cops singled you out and pulled you over and if there was ever a shred of me that thought that maybe the media hypes up uh, African-Americans getting pulled over too much, if there was even a tiny bit that thought maybe that in the back dark recesses of my mind blown out of the water, I was like, I couldn't cause I'm white and I don't know what that's like, but I mm. saw it. And, and I, and I know you're like the nicest guy I've ever met in my life. 
And mm. I saw, especially the second night, how like pissed off but kind of hurt you were. Yeah. Um, and, and and I'll never forget that man. And I, I, if anybody ever says, you know, oh well, it's hype or it's or it's it's just it's you know it's people saying stuff to to pin us against each other or whatever. I'm like, man, I'm sorry. That was not a coincidence. Nope. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't think it was a coincidence the first night, but when it happened, what, like eat like the next night or like two nights later or something. Yeah. It was about two months, two nights later. Yeah. It, it was, was right. Crazy. Back, it was right back to back. And I, I, I mean, and I just, I, it, it broke my heart and I'm like, I'm just like, man, like, like, <laughs> I'm like, you cops have no idea. Like, Will hasn't even smoked a joint before. I'm like, you're pulling the wrong person. I drugs to kill a rhinoceros. And, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, you should be pulling. There's guys who's pulling over the wrong cat. Um, and yeah, man, I, I mean, that was, that was a huge, again, as a 23, 24 year old, however old I was, you were, it was, mm-hmm. a, it was a big wake up call that I've never forgotten since then. I, to be honest with you, I, I couldn't believe it was happening. And it didn't hit me not until later, um, to be honest with you. And I was, when I was with my girlfriend or whatever and told her about it or whatever. And I didn't, it didn't, like I said, it didn't hit me until later. I'm like, wow, they actually singled me out. You know, like, really? This is really happening? You know, it, like, uh, uh, okay, you know, this this is weird. It was obvious you were in the middle of the caravan. Yeah. So you couldn't have been speeding more than the people in front of us or behind us or, 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 or like I was behind you, I remember. Yeah. And Bob probably in front. The yeah. cop got in the middle of us and got right behind you and pulled yep. you over twice. You, like, you, you know what he said? He said uh, that I swerved. Right. And you did not swerve. <laughs> that's that was the reason. Yeah, I guess that's the go-to. How do you prove that did you didn't swerve or what I mean? But I you know, listen, man, I uh you know, I try to support law enforcement and stuff like that, but I, I've seen I've seen it firsthand, you know what I mean? And and uh I, I wish I hadn't, but I it made it made a big impression on me, you know yeah. what I mean? And it, and it always has. And I, I, um, I learned a lot, honestly, by osmosis, just you being in the band, you may not know that, um, you know, uh, I, I just, I don't, I don't think I've ever met anybody more, um, any nicer, harder working, um, person, uh in my entire life and so like it really got me that like it's like he doesn't even smoke weed or anything and you're gonna yeah. pull him over. you know and so it's just the you know the course of of us being and again you know i was probably 10 years later or now nah, not 10 but maybe five or six years later mm, okay if we just came out big one small one that might have been like 97 or 98 so three yeah. or four years, get it mixed up but anyway mm. you know you being you driving again and driving my car, yeah. And I, have, I would have no fear of getting pulled over at three thirty in the morning if I'm by myself. It wouldn't even right. as long as over and I'm staying in between lines. Doesn't even dawn on me. But like as soon as we pass by, 
the black dude with the bald dude and the long-haired white guy, they're getting pulled yeah. over. We're searching the car because those cats are up to no good, right? And it's like, right. man, we're, we're a band. We're trying to get home. Yeah. Leave us. We didn't do anything wrong. So, yes, that is a very long way of saying that's kind of where big one, small one. Small one. Yeah. You know? uh, I, re- I remember, like, you were telling Corey to be quiet uh because Corey was not having it <laughs> his mouth and off yeah well, you're like shut up Corey. <laughs> yeah i've been arrested a lot more than so <laughs> i was like dude you're gonna learn the hard way <laughs> i'm like i'm the, i'm the one with the record in this car so every oh man <laughs> all right um so moving forward like you know, going through everything. Um, do you remember going with our good management of Joan Jet? Yes, I. <laughs> I, do. people, I don't think I, people know this. I don't think people know this at all. You know, yeah, that, that was brief. And man, what was his name? It's escaping me. Uh, Laguna. The, Kenny. Kenny Laguna. That's it. Yep. That's it. <laughs> the, the, the long time. And I still think is managing Joan Jett. Yep. I, I would imagine. Um, heard us. I think Russ Motla put. I, oh. sent him, or he, he got wind of us being on 98 rock, mm-hmm. but he was in New York city. Yeah. So he managed us briefly and we did uh, a stint of shows with Joan Jett. that were fun. You know yeah. what I mean? That bottle and cork and that uh frederick and and she was cool as shit she's a big yeah, she was she's a local girl and, and a big orioles fan oh and i remember when we were doing those shows the orioles were in the playoffs it was like the late 90s and they were they were real competitive so she, we were talking baseball with her but yeah super cool um that was brief but that was fun you yeah, know uh and kenny we weren't a priority to Kenny, but that's okay. His, <laughs> his bread and butter was, was Joan Jett, and that's fine. I think he was like, I'll grab one of these guys in case something good happens. Right. Um, he wasn't exactly pounding the pavement. Um, but uh, but anyway, it was it's one of those fun life experiences. You say, yeah. For a second, we were managed by the same manager as Joan Jett, and we got to do a bunch of shows with her, so that's pretty cool. All right. Um, do you mind talking about uh us going about to make another trip to and i don't know if people know this either and i, I want you to explain it um uh, with 9-11 oh lord um man <laughs> so yeah like we had um you know back in the day i don't know if they even still do this will but i know back in the day when you got a band and you were hot you would get a showcase together at one of the smaller rooms in New York city and your manager. And we did this multiple times, your manager mm-hmm. get, you know, invite a and R people out from all the, the, the uh, record labels that were right in New York city. Cause all the record labels are in New York city, RCA mm-hmm. runner and blah, blah, blah. And this and that, they're all, you know, um, and we had a lot of buzz and we had gotten about 30 A&R reps that, that uh, um, confirmed to come out. And even if not, not all of them came out, you know, if you had 20, that's a lot, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, you'd go up there if one or two said they will come out, mm-hmm. but we 
like 30 and that's what you want is you want all those a and r reps in a room looking at each other right. and seeing how big that is so yeah we had a bus trip planned and uh i'll i'll never forget it man the 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 the, the showcase was september 12th 2001 mm-hmm. and uh i woke up in the morning and i was going because we rented a bus we were going to take our fans up yep. and i had had a list out and i was uh going over the names of the people who had paid you know we had like a hundred people coming up there yeah you know import our fans up to the city and just blow the doors off of this and then dan called and was like man are you watching tv and i was like no and now i hadn't seen he watched as the second plane hit the tower. I didn't. I, I I didn't turn on the TV until both planes had hit. Um, but I was like, "Wow!" And then you know the whole day just unfolded, and of course, you know the next day was canceled, and it was months before we would even go back to. Yeah. There. The thing is, I never want to make it about uh, us, and and I don't. I don't even think at the time I was like, "Oh my God, there's our big shot" or something like yeah. that, because. First of all, you're so focused on just the horror of the day yeah. that it was just I would I don't think anybody was even that concerned. It's just like, well, just whatever. Well, this the whole world is different now. Oh, yeah. Way different. You know, and I got to be honest with you, like to me, that was sort of the beginning of the end of what we were doing all the time, like, like, like playing five nights a week, getting home at four in the morning. Um, you know, I'm in my early, we're all in our early thirties ish. Um, and it's just like, I was just like, okay, what do I want out of life here? And I don't think the live music scene was ever the same after that. Nope. It sure wasn't. I think it literally changed like overnight. I, it, it, it just wasn't a lot of clubs that had live bands closed down. Um, people weren't coming out nearly as much for like the year or two after that. And I don't think mm-hmm. it really fully recovered from that, you know? Still, I think it still hasn't. It hasn't. No. It's, no. Things, it, it's, ama- it's amazing how an event like that can have such a ripple effect on so many different areas of society. But, and again, I don't want to ever make that about like nine 11 killed the live. <laughs> right. But the, if you're just talking factually, it, it, it impacted it greatly. Oh, um, yeah. And people more wanted to stay at home with their families and hunker down a little bit. And yeah. uh, it, it never really was the same after. And a lot of clubs closed right after that. Yeah. Yeah, I think after that we we started going down to Ocean City at this other club, not the the main club that we were playing at, not Hurricanes, but it was another one that had this huge video screen Secrets. behind us. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. and then we had to uh, have a sound control. Uh, oh, <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> oh, just brutal. Oh. <laughs> God. yeah yeah uh, oh that was was i think that for me that was just like what is going on here um yeah uh, and and that was that was not good at at all um the management but, like aiming at us to, to to turn it down and it's like you you hired a hard rock band and yeah you, huge room and you want us to turn it down like are you insane like what's the point you know I, it, 
it, it, it is. And I thought the DJ was even louder than us. Of course he was. Course. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Bass and whatever, but no, turn your instrument. Can you turn your instruments down more? And another thing like that is it's just like, dude, we got Will Dorsey on drums. He part of what he does is knock the shit out of his fucking drums and he, he plays loud. We like loud. Corey turns up loud. Dan turns up louder. Corey yep. turns loud again. We're a yeah. fucking rock band. That's what we are. Like if you don't want a loud rock band, don't hire us. That's what we it's, do. Exactly. Exactly. Ugh. Oh man, that's I just I just wanted to put that information out out there. Um, yeah. that you know it's some of the struggles that that we have gone through as a band um but uh let me let me ask you this from the beginning and i and i should have asked this earlier what made you change the name to laughing colors <laughs> so mm, now this is kind of lame i think because we had a song called laughing colors and i think it's I think it's lame to name your band after a song, but we sort of dropped the song and yeah. just kept the name Laughing Colors. Mm -hmm. uh, and it just it just made sense. Like we were a fun party band. And I mean, I, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'll be the first one to say I was taking a lot of acid and mushrooms and ecstasy. <laughs> then, a lot, a lot of, like, of drugs. And so Laughing Colors seemed to make perfect sense to me. Right. That's cool, man. Um uh, a couple more things uh in our re recording experience was there any particular songs that man this is a hard song i don't know like to to play i mean like to even to even present in the studio like we're gonna try to put this song in the studio was there any tough songs for you because there was definitely a couple of hard songs for me like yeah we're gonna we're actually gonna try to make this work was there any for you none jump out at me um i know that um you know like especially like on the pattern seed which i think is our best album and most people most people do it's probably you know the best production the most cohesive the best songs and that's yeah. that's that's great in fact i I, I'm glad to have been in a band where people are like, that's your best album. You know what I mean? Mm, like, mm, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, cool. We have a best album. Right. Um, <laughs> so even that in and of itself is pretty cool. Um, I know that I just like wanted to capture, I always wanted, and the reason we put out, what do we put out? Four live albums or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. Like that, yeah. You know what I mean? because you couldn't really capture what we were doing or what we were about unless you saw us live. So I was always worried about capturing that, but I felt like, again, with Sam house, I'm like, somehow we have to capture the live feel of that in the studio. And I think it's, it's, it's a pretty good recording um, yeah. and captures that captures the, the energy and the crescendo of the song. And, and uh, yeah, but you got to tell me what songs in particular, because something's, something's in there. Something, something, do you remember us working on why feel nothing i do yeah and and uh are you i if you were struggling with that i i had i don't think i had a clue yeah i didn't i didn't know the, where the song was going huh that's for me that's the it, you know 
it didn't start to come together. We had all these rehearsals. I forgot what, which house we were trying to rehearse at. I'll tell you what, and not to interrupt, but I'll tell you where we rehearsed. That was when Corey lived with Doug Segree. And oh, we oh were in- that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Typically remember working on Why I Feel Nothing in that basement. Right. And I couldn't, I was like, man, I cannot figure out this song. And, you know, like, it, it was bugging me. It was uh, really, really bugging me. I was just like, okay, Dave sees something in this in this song. Yeah. It's like I don't see it yet. Uh, Not until we got with, was it with with Steve or was that with Mitch? That would have been with Steve. Okay. Steve Rock. Yep. Okay. So it didn't start clicking to me, and I and I hate to say this, but I'm gonna blow up Dan right right quick. Dan was the one person that made me feel that song. Gotcha. For me. Yeah. Um, because I couldn't figure out, like, I, I hear the song, and it's like, no, because you were like, no, we need to keep on work, working on the song. Let's keep on working on it. But I was struggling, dude. Struggling. Huh. I'm like, I don't know what to do for the song, man. It's, it's like, but not until I heard, finally heard Dan's rhythm on there. Right. I finally got it. I was like, oh. Okay, you know, yeah. and it clicked. That ma- that makes sense because if you think about the guitar riff, it's kind of like like floaty out there. It's kind of you know, it's kind of like it doesn't lock into anything. But then the yeah. the yeah, I, total- I didn't hear any of that, and <laughs> and I don't I don't know why I didn't hear any of that. I don't know if for me it came together when we were in the studio doing that song we i finally got to hear everybody else's parts you know yeah. like just to try to make sense of that that song um there was one more <laughs> hold on let me get okay was it turned yes okay okay and i'm not saying that because i remember you not hearing it or struggling with it at all the only reason why is because it's it, again it's kind of like what's what's going on here you know what i mean it's right. not a, not like like three chords in a cloud of dust and a rock and roll song it's kind of mm-hmm. like hey we got to figure out what to do with the baseline here and and yeah and to bring it all together you know and that's that- where i just like these cats will figure this out <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just that guy. I was like, they'll get it. Right. What made you write that song for, for turn, man? I mean, because that is to me, that's a different song. Um, yeah. and you know, compared to a lot of it. And I, I, I remember people saying it's like, uh, it's different from your last two albums, and it was it was a different song compared yeah. to the other two. I mean, the other two albums. But yeah. would you would you think about that song, you bringing that in like that? I, you know again and for me a lot of it starts on like an acoustic guitar you know what Mm -hmm. i mean so these are these are songs that like an idea um starts on an acoustic guitar and then somehow it turns into like this rock you know this big rock song that doesn't sound like it 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 has it, it should even be played on acoustic guitar and so okay um um subconsciously especially like we, when we were kind of clicking on all cylinders i would write 
to you guys meaning like like i could write a little song by myself like the war on drugs is just about lyrics and funny and whatever da, 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 da. and that's just a little fun little ditty i write but but it's like as a band evolves i think and in fact i think four people do that you start to write to each other like you write mm. strengths you know what i mean yeah like 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 you're probably thinking i'm gonna do this because this is what laughing color sounds like and i'm gonna sing this because this is what laughing color sounds like and it might be different than if you separated the four of us but when you you put us together it's like i could write a song on an acoustic guitar knowing that the final product is going to sound like this because Corey's going to have some big sweeping guitar thing will's going to have some kick-ass thumping drum thing and Dan's going to be locked in there with them and stuff like that. So it's like I, even just writing songs on acoustic guitar, I know that eventually they're going to sound like this just because that's what the players make them sound like, you know? All right. Yeah. Um, I feel like uh, things were starting to, to change when we were, we did Strange, uh, the song Strange. And I noticed our progression of from Strange even to the next album that had Turn on it going into uh was it blank um so even oh nothing but actually strange is on and nothing but sky you're right sorry (laughs) man i don't even know our own albums man that's that's crazy (laughs) i i I have trouble piecing it all together oh but but that's how i i i seen it um but do we get more influences coming in? Because I know, like, I know Corey was heavily into Tool. Yeah. And, you know, and did that, do you feel like that that coming in, like, together, the four of us, like, the the, the influences that it, it, our albums ended up the way it, it's been? I think you, 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 anybody who says they're not influenced if you're really putting yourself out there and you're really, um, you know, striving to make better songs and, and, and stuff that, that would be on the radio stuff that would be, you know, that record companies might like to say that you're completely oblivious of the music that's going on around you tool incubus, um, you know, uh, Rage Against the Machine, even like uh, no one, no one would ever say we sounded like Rage Against the Machine. But yeah. I always borrow a little bit of that angst and that thump and that energy. You know what I mean? Like that was that was there. You know what I mean? And it didn't sound like Tool either. But I all think right. when you take a pinch of all of these different bands, Alice in Chains, and and maybe a little piece of Metallica, Pearl Jam, Pantera. Just a mm. little, just a little pinch, you know what I mean, and throw it in there. That's what makes the whole sauce, you know what I mean. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, you're gonna be influenced by what's going on around you, the bands you play with, even the bands you play with night after night, like uh, more local or regional bands. Yeah. You know, might have a subconscious influence on you. So I, I think absolutely, you know mm. what I mean. There, there's some of that going on. One more last question. Yeah, man. How can you even become a comedian? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you why. Um, why? Actually, I tried it one time. Did you really? I did. 
I, I actually tried it one time and Mickey Coachella was having, uh, you know, he, he was a DJ at 98 Rock as well. And he is a comedian who's done pretty well. He was like, dude, you know, you're great at talking to the mic and blah, blah, blah. And, and all that kind of stuff. Why don't you come up and just do a set of stand up comedy? And I was like, all right, I guess I will. So completely unprepared, uh, thought of some funny things to say. Um, and, and I, and I, we, I went, it was like this restaurant, uh, on a Saturday night that had comedy and there was probably like 50 or a hundred people at, up there. Yeah. And I got up there and I told my first joke and this is when the band had already started. So I'm probably oh. like, in fact, I was living with Bob at the time. So I'm probably like 24. Okay. Yeah. So, so or there's a reason you haven't heard about this yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I said like my first I said, like, I had, like, my first joke, right? Right. And you could have heard a fucking pin drop. Oh. I was like, uh, and everything, like, got my, like, my ears got hot and I got tunnel vision. And I was this close to being like, I'm sorry, I got up here. I didn't mean to waste anybody's time. I don't know how I'm doing up here. (laughs) Like, I was that close to doing that. Some lady at the bar, like, started heckling me. Oh, and it was the best thing that ever could have happened because I started insulting her and, and oh. going back and, forth and, and actually got some laughs. Right, right. Get me the fuck out of here because the thing is, I know at the end of the day when I go on stage with Laughing Colors, worst case scenario, we just start the next song. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. I to do shit, but when you're up there, ass in the wind naked and you have to make people laugh for 10 or 15 minutes right. and they're not laughing uh it's it was so uncomfortable that i was just like i i'm done i was like that's my little experiment with that man i'm gonna stick i'm gonna stick to, to being the lead singer of a rock band wow man that's crazy <laughs> dude man I, I i'm gonna tell you this man um it's it's been a joy talking to you right yes. now um we need to have a part two because uh, I have a, a ton more questions, uh, but uh, I'm going to let you be uh, and, uh, and cut this interview. Uh, but I'd like to have you back on this show, on my show, if that's cool with you. Dude, you, um, know, you this is, it's been a joy, man. Just like I it's it, this is I knew this was going to be fun, but this is 10 times more fun than just catching up with you is awesome. Yeah. But, so so just it, yeah, it's it's fantastic, man, for sure. Uh-huh. I always wanted to do this because I, I always wanted I had a vision like like one of our shows we would go do this like yeah. have a like a, a like a small place and have like a questionnaire type thing you know like during our set or whatever but <laughs> I always wanted to do that I, I don't I don't know why you know I wanted to do it but I thought it was cool because you're you're a very interesting person um <laughs> and I, I wanted people to to get your 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 side of of things especially with laughing colors and stuff like that you know what I mean my pleasure, man. You know, you I, we're brothers for life, man. You know, you yes, got. Yes, we man. are. You just, you just say the word, dude. I'm, 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 I'm all over it. Awesome. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate this, man. Thank you, Will. <laughs> all right, man. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, E Record Studio, the new way musicians rehearse, record, and share their E Record sessions on social media. Visit ERS on therecordstudio.com. 
Download this amazing app on Google and Apple Apps stores. Visit us on www.talkmusicpodcast.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Download our podcast on Apple, Google, Amazon, and Spotify.